And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. I just have been like from the beginning. I was like, just imagine how we'll feel when this is done. You had quite the devilish grin as you were singing that Keith Green. Yeah, right. By the way, guys, this is how Danielle starts every Easter Sunday every morning. Easter morning, <laughs> right? Blaring it as loud as can be. Mm-hmm. I just prance around singing it like the one day a year I'm actually like Linda Belcher, Bob's <laughs> Burgers, right? No. Yeah, the bells ringing. She's like that most days. Well, I'm, I'm a lot like Bob, too, let's be honest. That's true. Yeah, you're a blend of them both. Very grumpy, and I like musicals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the last uh, episode of this season, of this album, of Adventures in Odyssey. The ties that bind. They have bound us to grief and despair, I must say. <laughs> yes, it's true. I don't know. What, what do you think? I think that uh, we were sick. Mm-hmm. And still sick, but I might cough. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I also we're never f- going to be healthy. So yeah, I also feel like I mean, yeah, we're late on getting this recorded. Yep, because it's just hard. <laughs> so for those who have stuck around, we love you. For those who are just joining us, I'm DL, and I'm Crispin, and we're together. <laughs> right, and we have. Just dissected a 14-part series called The Ties That Bind, put out by Focus on the Family, conservative Christian radio station that has a lot of cultural and political power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this came out in 2014. It's a convoluted mess, but basically it's all about trying to fight same-sex marriage legalized i don't know right yeah what would you say it's about i would say it's um all about lgbtq plus issues without mentioning any of the words l g b t or plus or q or q or Um, plus (laughs) right but what what issues uh particularly i think i think gay marriage uh but also like uh, gender n- norms. Yeah, yeah. I think so, so, like, some of it definitely seems like to have to do with legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess like gender does also have to do with legislation. But I think it's more than that. It's it's you know like what we accept as uh, what we accept in culture regarding gender. Yeah. So I think we've talked about this before. I would sum it up as 
it's really about institutions and conspiracy theories regarding like liberal institutions and, and people behind them trying to change culture. It's the most powerful kind, a conspiracy <laughs> of ideas. Maybe you're allergic to adventures and odyssey. <laughs> um. Like- so I, but I also think that. Yeah, so it's about all these conspiracy theories, right? But at the heart of it, which we talked about before, it's about how should conservative Christians respond to a pluralistic society where they're losing power. Mm -hmm. And we're getting mixed messages, is all I'm going to say. Because I think truly what they're saying is fight back with everything you have within you, but be sweet about it so that we can own the libs, right? Right, Uh uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there is this this uh, message of, like, if you just do the right thing, then that will be a message in and of itself. But I don't... But do the right thing, I mean... Like, it's not even do the right... It's stand up for you believe in. It, is it... I and mean, don't give up your culture and political power. Right, yeah. And suffer for it. So, like, refuse to capitulate to culture. Right. And then in your suffering... Uh, other people will notice, yeah. and then they will be converted. And in the land of Odyssey, you'll you'll win anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right, and it turns out that actually everybody sees things the exact same way you do. They're just too afraid to say it. Yeah, totally. So you're supposed to recap, right? No, you said you would. No, yeah. did I? Yep. No pressure. It's just, you know, the end of the series, and you have to tie up every single loose end. It's not even the penultimate. End. It's the ultimate episode. Right. Well, here we go. Are you timing me? You yes. Ready? Uh-huh. Okay. So, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I only remember, like, the bits I want to talk about. Right. So, I mean, basically, there's this whole thing where Wooten's house has been burgled and burned down. Right. And that turned out to be Hadley. His cousin. Right. Because he was trying to steal uh, Wooten's art because his uh, comic book shop failed. So, he needed money. He needs money. Right. But then Jules was being used by Vance mm-hmm. and uh, whoever the comic book lady dealer is. D. 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 Grant, right, to uh, get information about Wooten. Yeah. Um, and she was uh, driving the perilous pen, basically. Right. Who was stealing all Wooten's ideas. Right. And then in the end, she said, oh, I had no idea. Like, I'm just the president or whatever. Like, it was my underlings that did it. But the FBI is going to look into it. Right. So there is this undertow of, like, Hadley and Wooten and all this stuff. And they end up reconciling at the end, which is nice. Right. Then Wit is talking to Miss Adelaide. And they're kind of because her brother Randall just died. Mm -hmm. And... We will talk about their conversation in They depth. talk twice. They figure it out in the business meeting, and then they talk later about Whit being speaking at Randall's funeral. Okay. So the first one was about the business association mm-hmm. meeting. She feels, like, really confused. She didn't know that other businesses were being intimidated, all this stuff. And also right. she said something like, oh, yeah, I, my passions have gotten the best of me, even in my teaching. You know, harking mm-hmm. back to last week's episode and then blah 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 blah. this other stuff happens oh it's happy ending the festival of inclusivity and tolerance is turning just to like the festival families and they celebrate it at wit's end and it's still called the let's get together festival but they're just celebrating families none of that political stuff with no political agenda right (laughs) Which we'll talk about in a minute. I think that's about it. Like, yeah, it was super boring. Um, a couple of, other than a couple of, you know, conversations. It wasn't boring. 
with right now. Okay, what's good? Uh, when Connie says twit face. I met him online. Twit face or whatever it's called. <laughs> she say twit space? No, she says twit face. Oh, so it's like Facebook and Twitter yeah. put together. Right. Social They've media been is like face space. Bad news in right. Odyssey world, which is fine. Right. I it want our kids sounds, to think it's terrible. It almost sounds like an English swear word. You twit face. Oh, right. That sounds similar to something else. Right. I know. That's why it made me laugh. Very naughty. That's what I thought <laughs> we was good. Not say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I thought was good is I actually like the Hadley Wooten storyline. Mm-hmm. They both have great character actor voices. Hadley seemed really sad and just like I'll always be a loser and I can't ever do anything and. Wooten was just, like, really gracious at the end. It was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you need money, let's sell some of my artwork and right, just yeah. do it. Yeah. Wooten is a little bit of an underrated character. I like him. Yeah, right. Although I did notice, I don't think we'll get to this at any point, but at some point uh, somebody in the town suggests that they're all going to get together and help Wooten replace the things in his house. Okay. But also we know that Wooten is a millionaire, which is <laughs> weird that they're doing, like, a – Crowdsourcing for a millionaire, right? Yeah, although that has happened before. That's true. That's true. Um, crowdsourcing for millionaires. I mean, hey, guess what? What? I have an interesting voice actor tidbit for you. Oh yeah. What? Well, actually, (laughs) actually made me feel kind of bad. For some reason, I looked up Chris, you Uh know, as in, hi, this is Chris, and it's really a lady named chris oh chris, i don't know what her, her last name is like anthony maybe hmm. and <clears throat> hold on to your butts chris okay. do you know who else chris is the voice of no you're gonna you're gonna lose your, your damn mind <laughs> barbie oh that's why you're watching barbie <laughs> youtube videos earlier <laughs> she's the voice of barbie for like decades I didn't know that Barbie had a voice well, for she decades. Did. She did. And rumor has it, she went into Mattel to like audition for the voice of Barbie in 1994. She started work the next day, Crispin, as the voice of Barbie. And like all these animatronic toys and some of their videos and some of their early video games. Oh my gosh. I know. So, according to the Adventures in Odyssey wiki, between her work on Focus on the Family shows and her work as Barbie... One in three Americans have heard her voice. Wow. That is... I mean, Barbie would love the times that bind, right? Yes. (laughs) So true. Side note, our daughter is really into, like, being mad at Barbies right now. Because you know how they came out with some curvy Barbies? You probably don't know this. There's, like, this big deal. They came out with Barbies with, like, different shapes and different Mm -hmm. skin tones. And our daughter's just, like... The fat Barbies aren't even fat. And I was like, that's true. Mm. They need to make some actually fat Barbies, mm-hmm. in our opinion. Get on it, Chris. Right. <laughs> Good job. <clears throat> I was going to say, Barbie has always been curvy. But, you know, in a... Oh, in, dear. Anyway. <laughs> Just saying. Moving on. Okay. So, what do we want to talk about? Well, um, yeah, we there's some significant conversations, and um, yeah, I think one is the the conversation between 
the initial conversation between uh, Rhonda and Mr. Whitaker. You call her Rhonda now, not yeah, Miss Adelaide. Right. Mm-hmm, right, because yeah. So basically, well, yeah. How would you summarize this conversation? Well, there's a lot to it. So it starts off with Wit basically saying that he's fine with the festival going on if all the businesses are doing it because it makes good business sense. I know, right? right? Yeah. Wit, as it stands, you're the only business owner who isn't participating in the festival. I'm not surprised, based on our previous conversations. You think it's weakness on their part, but it may be good business sense. Well, I respect that, as long as they're not joining in because of fear. He's like, if they're doing it, uh, if they're engaging out of fear... Then that's bad. Then that's bad. But if it's It's good good business business sense... sense. That's fine. That's their prerogative. I mean, you know, he has to be a good little capitalist. Right. But then he's like, but I have proof, basically, that the vigilantors have been emailing... And cyber bullying, cyber attacking, all these businesses. And so then, like, Miss Adelaide's horrified and the other business guy's horrified. But I'm like, I want to see. What did they do? Right. Danielle was asking earlier, like, how are they threatening them? I think they're just threatening them with more pink paint. So you think the black and pink, black and pink paint is what they're threatening to do? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> so it's just so weird. And, and so... Of course, there's no details. What are they actually doing? Um, Because nobody cares. The writers don't care about this. The whole thing is just that the liberal agenda is twisting people and bullying them into things they don't actually care about. So I'm like, well, now it's 2019. And, you know, I would say probably the majority of business owners, just like the majority of young evangelicals, would be affirming, right, of Mm -hmm. same-sex marriage. And so... Then what? People aren't being bullied and twisted into wanting to celebrate a pride parade or whatever it is. Right. This whole thing goes to pot. Mm -hmm. But again, this is all make-believe. Yeah. And the liberals are just, like, bullying people into doing things they don't actually want to do. But if they wanted to do it and they could make money doing it, it's fine? (laughs) Yeah, right. I love that part. He's just such such a capitalist. Morality doesn't matter as long as you're making a buck. Then, this is the part that I find extremely intriguing. He says that Dale Jacobs, right, who works for the Odyssey News, who is friends with Wit, right? Mm -hmm. And Detective Full House. So, uh, (laughs) they're all in cahoots with each other. It's wild. And then they think the liberals have a conspiracy. Anyways, um, Wit says that... Dale Jacobs has been really investigating what big money and ideologies and how there's one man who's funding all these things, including the Let's Get Together Festival and the Vigilantors and TV shows, like the one with the lesbian couple, I guess, that we'd been hearing about. Right. And I was like, I know that's supposed to be somebody. That's obviously a dog whistle for the parents listening. I don't think kids would understand that at all. I don't really understand it because... I mean, there wasn't name that popped into my head, but I just don't know that much about it. Hmm. I so I asked on Twitter, but it was there a name that popped into your head? No. Like, do you think? Do you think they were sort of saying, "There's one guy you all know who it is who's"? I kind of just thought it was this. like Hollywood. But they said one man. You're right. That's true. I don't know. I think it's George Soros. Oh, huh. I don't that's, actually. And that's kn- what Twitter said. Really know who that is? I mean, I'm really happy. I don't really know who that is. Uh huh. That's what the people say. Mm. And I, I believe them. Yeah. 
Right. It's really so. That's so. This is just shoring up conservative conspiracy theories. That's right. what this entire fourteen episode arc is about. Any conspiracy theory you already hold in your heart as a persecuted evangelical traditionalist capitalist, like this is just going to serve as bias confirmation and help you uh, talk to your kids. Right? Right. Yeah. My favorite part was that the charitable organizations were funding the vigilantors, which is George Soros is big in like charitable stuff. Mm. I'm telling you. Okay. It's all, it's all there. Right. So the question is, Crispin, mm-hmm. first of all, when are we getting our Vigilantor sweatshirts? <laughs> that would be awesome. Could, Pink and we black. We change the name of our podcast to that, the Vigilantors. <laughs> and then when do we get some of that sweet, sweet cash? Right. Soros money. <laughs> we could use it, couldn't we? Yeah. You should DM him on I will. Twitter. Is that how you do that thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it, uh, yeah. Odyssey has been infiltrated. Yeah. And I think it brings up the question, why? Like, why do, like, I mean, it just, this infiltration idea. Yeah. Right? Like, are they saying that this is, like, an evil person? I don't know. I guess that's kind of. Well, they did, because they said, like, oh, the feeling of Odyssey has changed. And what was like, you're sure right about that, you know? Right, yeah. Spiritual warfare. I mean, just people of different opinions also it's fascinating because i also think they're trying to make this point miss Rhonda, sort of like you know i have nothing to do with the vigilantors even though i agree with what they believe in i don't agree with their methods just like but the show is also painting miss Ron- miss Rhonda, miss adelaide as her methods are bad too which is uh-huh. she's teaching in the school she goes to rallies she puts together this festival so like what method is appropriate for people who believe differently in the eyes of Mr. Whitaker. Do not exist! Right? Right, yeah. Because Miss Rhonda's not doing it right. The vigilantes certainly aren't doing it right. As long as you're making profit, it's okay. But Miss Rhonda <laughs> ends up being okay, as we will see. Right, I mean, end. I think that's the thing. is like she says that in part because now she's... Becoming you know, a good person. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she's just confused. Right. Right? She's just an emotional lady. She maybe was on her period when she started this festival. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the next the next conversation. Okay, let's keep going. Which, by the way, he does uh, not discuss her menstruation cycle. Well, not in so many words. So they did at the very end of that conversation, the guy, the other business guy says, you know, wait, are you going to participate in the festival? And he was like, no, because I don't believe it's celebrating the right things. Right, yeah. Oh, and I know we've talked about this before. I just want to take a step back and say, what do we think that festival is trying to celebrate? Right. I think diversity of families. Yeah. And I mean, you and I have different opinions on this. You think it's a pride parade. I think that it's just like a low key, like we're going to like celebrate families and like have an inclusive like part aspect to it. Well, I'm giving them the benefit of the, the doubt, like a pride parade. Like, full on, all the way out there, you know, would be terrifying to many conservative background people, not just Christians even. Right. But what you're talking about is just, yeah, something that includes people from a variety of backgrounds. And that's terrifying if that is seen as celebrating the wrong things. Yeah. Just even making the possibility for 
a gay or lesbian couple. Like, that is seen as so threatening that you can't support it in any way, shape, or form. Right. That's It now exactly seems bonkers to is. me, but I don't know if it would have been 20 years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, or even 10 years ago. I know. 10 years ago, I would have been like, why are you guys freaking out about this? It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, it's such a big deal. We need to make a podcast uh-huh. about it by the opposite team. Right, yeah. <laughs> People I think ten, change is what I, we're saying. Right. I think 10 years ago we would have been like, yes, in the public square, like in public life, there are these different um, yeah. families that should be celebrated, but in the church, different. Well, they should have really made it clear what is this festival. Mm-hmm. But instead, now Danielle. all Christians are supposed to be wary of the... I mean, they're teaching kids to hate the words tolerance and inclusivity. Right. And I think at diversity... Truly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think it's really troubling. I'm when, troubled by Mr. Whitaker. I like, that you, I like that you said they should be clear. <laughs> and when has anything in this whole series been clear? Clarity is reasonable. That's what churchclarity.com says. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay, we gotta, we gotta keep going. Yeah, so uh, at one point, um, so it's really sweet because Hadley gets caught with stolen artwork mm-hmm. um, and the police are on their way and Wooten apprehends him, runs into him, and basically says like, But the goods won't be stolen if you and I go upstairs to Mr. Wells and sell him my art. What? Well, you said you need the money. Huh. You, you do that for me? Yeah, I want to help you. Which is really sweet. Um, and he offers to give Hadley the money. And in this moment, it's like this, it really feels like that like self-sacrificial love I feel like they're getting at. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, just this idea of like, just giving, right? This, he's in a bad spot. He's facing the consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. And Wooten is being really gracious. And I was like, this doesn't actually fit with my idea of like conservative politics. And then Hadley responds and says, like, no, I need to take responsibility for my oh, actions. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah. Oh, sad. Right. He's like, I'm not going to take the money. So, oh. yeah. But, I mean, it was really sweet that Wooten asked or, yeah. like, offered. Mm. That is really interesting. Which is that same, I mean, it's the same thing that Randall said, too, right? I need to take responsibility for my actions. So to catch up, Randall is the person who's dying or now has officially died due to a disease they brought on themselves due to their own actions and consequences that he became a Christian right before he died. Mm -hmm. And so Mr. Whitaker goes to the hospital after he gets a call that Randall died and Miss Adelaide's there. So basically he shows up right after Randall has died. Um, and then they debrief this whole conflict that they've had where uh, basically Randall is told Ms. Adelaide that uh, he was wrong to blame it on Mr. Whitaker. Um, and then she reflects on her own. She's like, I was so I was so bitter. And I assume that you were bitter, too. 
No, you missed something. Randall's last words were, Dear right. sister, make amends with Mr. Whitaker. Uh-huh. I know, right? <laughs> he said I was wrong to blame his sickness on you. His last words were to make amends with you. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Whoa. But no, Miss Adelaide is sort of saying, like, yeah, like, I was so caught up and I was bitter and I assumed you were just like me and I was fighting for my brother in a way he would never fight for himself. Right. I mean, I'm so confused because in one moment she says, like, I was, you know, I assumed that you were like me fighting with bitterness. In my anger, I assumed you were angry and fighting with the same bitterness. But then she's like, I was fighting for him. I thought it was for him. I was fighting for him in a way he wouldn't fight for himself. So yeah. she's fighting for him. Like, how is that for, like, with bitterness? But then she also is like, in a way, he wouldn't fight for himself. So again, saying, like, she was wrong. Right, yeah. And but... then she said it, like, affected my teaching, and I was blind to it. And I'm basically saying, like, I'm freaked out by Right. Right. I think this is so horrible. Because basically what it's saying is that people that are fighting for civil rights inequality are are like it's attributing bitterness right? right which i think is like i mean whether it's this or other topics like that is so common right like they're so angry why can't they get over it you know this you know ended a long time ago or you know whatever it is i got that on twitter just this week just from tweeting something about you know like a joke right like there's this cross stitch that said i'm sorry for what i said when i was southern baptist uh-huh. <laughs> And I said, like, I'm sorry for what I said when I only read White Men Who All Went to the Same Seminary and didn't think that was a problem. And several people were like, I sort of agree with your point, but I hate the stink you leave on your way getting there. Hmm. Just stuff like that, like, the way you said it is so bitter. And <laughs> Right, yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, yeah, it's I think it's horrible. Like, if in any other case, right, like, that this woman is fighting for her brother because she felt like he didn't get the justice that he deserved, right? Like, that is, that is, like, conservative, like, Hallmark Channel sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like... What do you, what do you say about the Hallmark Channel? (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it's like, it's, if it was a different topic, it would be, like, a Christian movie that your parents watch. Like, this woman, like, her brother is dying, but she's fighting for him, you know? But... Because it's because of the choices he made, she's bitter instead. Oh my gosh! I don't know. Oh my gosh! When you go, when you go pack it that deep, I just feel depressed to my very core. Yeah. Think about all the women who've been called bitter. Mm-hmm. Think of all the LGBTQ plus people. Right. Think of all the black people, the indigenous people. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think it really, it really bothers me. Because she's painting anger. I mean, the writers are painting anger in this bad light. But anger is an appropriate response to injustice. Right. So, like, basically what they're saying is, like, and we hear this all the time, right? If you're angry, then there's something wrong with you. Like, you're not seeing it correctly. Your judgment is clouded. Like, you shouldn't be angry. If you're angry, then that means that you don't have a valid argument. So I'm still trying to untangle. What do you think the writers of this episode think? It's okay for people to exist who have other convictions, but they need to not be in power. And they not ha- need to not have feelings about it. Yeah. 
I, yeah. you know, I'm just like, what right. is the appropriate way to engage with people? Because like Mr. Whitaker does say something like, at the end, right? The other business guy is like, Rhonda's a good person. And he's like, I know she has strong convictions. Like I do too. Right. So are they saying like, it's just like liberals who don't really know what they believe are annoying. Cause I kind of get that in a way. Mm-hmm. Like you're all just a part of a brainwashed conspiracy. You know, mm-hmm. that's sort of how my dad treats me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like right. you're sort of annoying and you're just tossed by emotion and you're bitter, but like, you don't really understand you're just a cog in this mm. liberal scheme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're saying about Miss Rhonda? And because she is able to like self-interrogate and be like, "Wow, this really has impacted me. I'm gonna take a step back," and she ends up not running the festival anymore. Right. Oops, did I spill the beans <laughs> to the victorious ending? <laughs> right. I didn't understand the phrase. She at one point she says like, "To that one more thing, you know." I do think that this is what, like, a lot of conservatives just most wish in their heart would happen to them is that a liberal public school teacher who headlines rallies for, you know, LGBTQ inclusion would say to them, I will try and do a better job of tolerating your views. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And also... It's the intolerant left, Crispin. It's not the tolerant left. Mm Mm-hmm. It's definitely the tolerant right, as right. this makes clear. Yes. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yep. They're nice and go to hospitals. Okay. You are you ready to just <sighs> eviscerate us all with the worst witzplain of all time? Oh yeah. Can't be topped, right? Right. This can't be. Yeah. So basically, he she invites him to the funeral, and he's like, "What would I have to say?" And she's like, "Oh, you spent some time with him." And he's like, "Well, I know three things." And then he says, He loved you. He had opened his heart to an eternity he didn't think he deserved. And he was a horrible Scrabble player. <laughs> yeah, he says what? He entered into an eternity that he did not, des- he did not think he deserved. Which, okay, fits, that does fit, like, evangelical theology. Uh-huh. I have listened to a lot of Adventures in Odyssey episodes. Yeah, you have. And I have never heard anyone else described that way. Mm. When Wit's wife died, he didn't say, she didn't deserve eternity with God. Like, no one else did they say they didn't deserve well, eternity. Well, he said he Yes. He didn't think. Yes, right. But it, that's just like a, it's just, I know. It's you just, know. Yeah. It's a subtle way of implanting that, like, he didn't actually deserve salvation, but he was saved by grace, which is like the evangelical theology for everyone, but it doesn't get pointed out for everyone the way it did for Randall, which I think is horrible. So what does that mean? I don't, I mean, that's a whole big thing about, like, deserving salvation, if that's what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it just, I to me, it just really casts a horrible light on Randall. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be comforting for me as the right. sister. Why didn't he think he deserved it? Because of you. Mm-hmm. Your, your theology has condemned him to suffer and die for his consequences, mm-hmm. for his actions. Right? Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. And I think implicit in that is 
those are sins that are worth going to hell for. I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, I don't know. So Wit's Blaine, he explains why Randall maybe shouldn't have gone to heaven and didn't really believe he could because he was such a bad person, but I guess he did get there. Right. So it's a victory, but a hollow one. Right. Any kid would see that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it just takes this weird turn where she's crying and then she's like, you're right. He was a bad Scrabble player. And then it's like happy music. Right. And they're laughing. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, you're right. He was a horrible Scrabble player. just like yikes. you're trying too hard to to wrap this up Double, with a bow triple yikes yeah it's awful it's so awful um and it's done we're done yep we're that done. was the last horrible witsplain witsplain so yeah to wrap this up it just ends with like mr whitaker taking over the festival and it becomes one to just celebrate families with no political no political agenda agenda. because this isn't a political agenda at all right oh my gosh i just want to scream that wouldn't sound good in the podcast mic so i'm not going to so no real questions are answered for kids like yeah, how do we interact with people who are different from us? How do we interact with people who are gender nonconforming or who identify as queer or LGBTQ? How do we live in a place, in a town, in a community where our neighbors are different from us? How do we uphold values while also maintaining space to give other people of opposing views dignity? How do we recognize that people come from different places of power and therefore have to use different tactics Right? In order to interrupt the power system and structure. So many questions. I want all of that answered. Yeah. And none of them were. But I do know if you want to have a happy ending in Odyssey, you need to be friends with the police chief, the detective, the guy who runs the The newspaper. Well, and then the guy who runs the creepy ice cream shop where he has kids, like, go on this machine all the time. I don't know. Mm hmm. Whew. And actually, I mean, Chris makes it clear at the end, right? We've been asking this question. Why are they so vague? Yeah. Why put all this effort into this thing that is not clear? How many hours is it, Crispin? A lot of hours. Eight? Yeah, I mean. More? Yeah, more. Because this last episode was an extra special one. But yeah, what's, what's Chris say at the end? Well, something about like how important God's design for family is, and that there are consequences. Consequences. When consequences. We... <laughs> I got a lot of good feedback about my jungle oh, I'm jam aware. references. I'm aware. You're never going to stop now. Um, you know, there are consequences when we work against God's best for us. Like we have to be willing to put aside our own desires. What a great end to a series that explores God's design for the family. These stories have shown us that there are serious consequences when we reject God and His design. Too often we get caught up in what we want and work against God's best for us. 
They've also shown us that God loves us and wants to turn all of our messes into something wonderful. But we have to be willing to put aside our own desires and accept His way. I know it's a lot to think about, and I hope you and your family will talk about all these things these episodes have brought up. So here's the the thing. If this wasn't in the context of this 14-part series, I would probably be fine with that. Like, I actually am a person of privilege who comes from places of power, so I am okay with being told you need to sometimes put aside your own desires, right? Uh And to follow God's best. But for me, God's best is not some vague, like, you need to follow this correct set of doctrines. God's best is shalom. God's best is the flourishing of all creation. So for me, yeah, I might need to put aside my individualistic, selfish desires in order to contribute to the common good. Right? That is Mm -hmm. how I view this. That is not what Chris is saying. Right. She's saying, (laughs) if you're a little boy and you like other boys, like, you can't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's being selfish, and that's going against God's design. And if you do, you'll have consequences, and you'll end up like Randall. I don't think I'm overblowing this. Like, right. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, totally. so some of this Christianity, I'm like, it's not even that bad. It's just in this very specific, narrow context, it's deeply troubling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. probably the main thing that I have a problem with is just the absolute lack of reference to power. Mm-hmm. And how it plays into these conversations, how it played into scripture when it was written, and how it plays into how we interpret it, how it plays into how we are navigating our pluralistic society mm-hmm. as people of faith. I don't want this faith, Crispin, and I don't need to have it. And that's mm-hmm. liberating, mm-hmm. but it's also just really deeply depressing to get a peek inside the mind, Right. focus on the family. So this mm-hmm. is 2014, but yeah. they put this out again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Totally. Sorry, I just went on a rant. Right. What, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I totally I mean the yeah, that piece of, you know, you have to follow God's plan or um or there's gonna be consequences, I think again is just supporting patriarchy. Oh, um, say it again. <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean I, I think there is that that tension of like there is I mean, Tim Otto talks about this in his book that we can definitely go uh, to the extreme of individuality that is not biblical, but that's what like conservative evangelicals have been doing forever. So, right. um, and yeah, it also, this whole series is framed in the idea of choice, which is just a severe lack of understanding of the queer experience. Yeah. Um, then she says, Something like, I hope that hearing all of these episodes will encourage your family to talk about these things. Which we all knew that was the point. Oh, high fives. High fives to you and me. High fives, everybody listened. We don't really have any action points or plans. I just made a decision right now on the spot, as we sometimes do on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I think we need to do one more episode where we just... Like, answer some listener questions. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because you all have written in some really awesome things. We haven't really asked for permission to share some of the questions, right. so we should do that. But we'd also love to hear if you have any thoughts, if you have responses, if you have a question you would want us to answer. Um, you know, a lot of people have been emailing me uh, or us and then DMing me, you know, 
thoughts on or resources for people who are just starting to say, like, you know, I'm really dissatisfied with this conservative ideology when it comes to LGBTQ stuff. Like, what are some resources for, like, putting a toe in the waters? And, you know, we are not the experts. We're just we're little babies. Right. We're just little babies on this journey, right? But we can share what we've uh, learned and, and resources we've utilized. Um, you know, other people have asked questions like, how do you read the Bible now that you're aware of patriarchy? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So let's do a little question and answer episode. Yeah. And hopefully it'll be happier. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people ask you, Chris, like what Adventures in Odyssey episodes you would recommend. Right. That are good ones. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. And you already have a list. <laughs> I do have a list. I came prepared. Should so we? Let's, no, let's do it next. Let's do it the next episode. Yeah, I was going to say, let's. We'll so send in your questions, concerns, comments, um, you know, even people who disagree with us. Like, I think it's really important to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we feel a little like we get the conservative position because we were raised in it. But, um, you know, I think it's important to keep um, being in community and feedback mm-hmm. with people. So you can email us at propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the PIS podcast. I'm on Twitter's DL Mayfield. I'm on Twitter as K double underscore Mayfield. Yeah. So you can reach us a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Thanks for telling me about George Soros this week. <laughs> and for forgiving us for being sick because yeah. we have kids and it's school time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super excited about jumping in and just like having a little bit of air to breathe. It's a little relief next time around. Mm -hmm. And I think when we do record the question and answer episode, we will have some updates on what's next. Yes. For the prophetic imagination station. And you should be excited. It's gonna be pretty it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, anything else we need to say? I think that is it. I feel like I just like want like a huge like book to close like boom i want somebody to pray a nice prayer oh a nice prayer like you know like me or you may the lord bless you and keep you may the i don't know make his face shine upon you i don't know i just want to end it with like picking apart this whole thing is really hard because mm-hmm. we are really really want to be in relationship with God. And so it feels weird to invest so much energy in picking apart people who supposedly want the same thing. And I just want to say to you out there, you know, in the course of recording this one season of this podcast, right? We have left our church. I've lost jobs, you know, all this stuff, but we're going to a new church. And um, today I took communion there for the first time because for some reason, I've just missed it the other times I've had it there. And I almost got a little teary, which never happens to me with communion. I have a very weird relationship with communion, which is a topic for another day. Um, but just this thought, like, I am so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful for his body and his blood broken and shed for me. I'm so grateful that everyone is invited to partake in the liberating work of Jesus. I'm going to cry. Just think about it, mm. you know? Like, no matter where you're at... Um, If you're depressed, it's okay to be depressed about the state of evangelical Christianity. I just want to say that God loves you. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. 
Sound like the end of a Touched by an Angel episode. Well, Touched by an Angel holds up. <laughs> it does. It's true. So true. It's, I mean, just because of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's try. I'm going to try and do a... Yeah. Except that lady, you know, who says, God loves you. I didn't do it right. Whatever her name is. You know, her and her husband, I think, are big old Trumpies. But not Della Reese. Never Della Reese. Right. You don't know who she is. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, okay. I guess Shia LaBeouf just did an interview where he talked a lot about Della Reese. Oh, huh. Okay! you got to finish your essay on Andrew, the angel of death. We've talked about this on the podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah. I mm-hmm. will work on that. Okay, now that we have a little bit of free time, not <laughs> listening to Adventures in Odyssey all day. Next thing on my plan. All right, we are super excited to debrief with you guys next week. Please do send us your questions, and we will look forward to answering them. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.